Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This is the Third Coast Pocket Conference, where we push the boundaries of audio storytelling. I'm Isabel Vasquez. Here, you'll find the most inspiring and critical conversations in audio from the Third Coast Conference and beyond. This season, we're bringing you all the sessions from the 2018 Third Coast Conference. You'll go behind the scenes with the producers of some of this year's most captivating work. And each week, you can find bonus content in Third Coast's producer news. To sign up, visit thirdcoastfestival.org and click on the newsletter button at the bottom of the page. At the 2018 Third Coast Conference, we invited one of the most masterful sound designers in storytelling to expand the way we hear. This producer has been working to create a sense of depth perception, not with our eyes, but with our ears. As the director of Marvel's Wolverine podcast, Brendan Baker took full advantage of the stereo field, going beyond the typical left and right parts of stereo to also give a sense of front and back, far and near. Now, Brendan invites you to show instead of tell with sound to create a truly immersive sense of space. Here's depth perception, techniques for two ears. And just a note, you might want to listen with headphones. Hey, everyone. So uh, just, to, just to tell you a little bit about myself, my name is Brendan Baker. I am a radio and podcast producer, and I specialize in creative sound design. Um, I, I used to work on the Love and Radio podcast, did that for a number of years. Um, and then uh, about two and a half years ago, I started uh, getting interested in audio fiction and the possibilities of audio fiction. And I worked on this project, The Message, which was uh, Panoply's early one of their first uh, radio drama audio fiction podcasts and did the sound design for that project. Um, and then uh, I'm currently working full-time in audio fiction. I just did this project with Stitcher and Marvel, Wolverine the Long Night, which I directed and sound designed. And the sort of point of this session, well, if, if there is a point, aside from just trying to inspire you to like use microphones in all sorts of crazy configurations, uh, is to work up towards talking about this microphone, which is an ambisonic microphone. Um, but we're going to do that by sort of covering a whole range of audio engineering topics. So this is designed for non-engineers in mind, but just so I can get a sense of where people are at, uh, if I said the word pickup pattern, can you just get a show of hands? How many of you are comfortable with the idea of pickup patterns? Pickup patterns. Okay, great. Um, it's about half the room. And if I said phase cancellation, how many people are familiar with that concept? Okay, actually uh, more people than I expected, that's great. So 
Though I am a sound geek, I, I actually don't have a, a professional engineering background. I'm totally self-taught. Everything that I've learned, I've learned over the course of just kind of like futzing with it and experimenting. And that's part of why I want to share this with you from a perspective of someone who's not an engineer and who's just sort of slowly made a lot of mistakes and kind of like tried to figure it out the hard way. Um, so I remember when I was a teenager, um, I, I, I played in bands and uh, we'd play in my, my parents' basement and uh, for the longest time, all we could do is just throw a mic in the room and like play all the music as loud as we could and just hope that the mic picked up everything and just record that to a tape. And then I got to borrow my friend's four-track uh, cassette recorder, and that for the first time allowed me to record one track at a time um, and then also to mix tracks individually afterwards and pan tracks. And so it just opened up this whole new world of experimentation for me. And I had this very distinct memory once of working on a song I'm in the basement and, and we've got some mics in the room and I've got my headphones on. Um, and then my mom is calling me for dinner. Brandon, it's time for dinner. And uh, you know, I'm I'm still way into the, the music. I don't wanna I don't wanna have dinner. I'm I'm so I just keep working and I ignore her. So a few minutes later, I'm working on the track and I hear, Brendan, it's time for dinner. Um, same tone. And uh, it occurred to me at that point that my mom wasn't actually calling me for dinner. I had accidentally recorded my mom calling me for dinner, and it was in my recording. <laughs> and the craziest thing about it was uh, I was so convinced that my mom was like there in that moment calling me. Like I could hear her, like I, I'm in the basement, and I could hear her calling me from above the stairs. It was so realistic, so viscerally realistic. And so I took a moment, I was like, well, how, how did I do that? That would be cool if I could like use that to a musical effect. Uh, and I realized what I'd unintentionally did is that I had had some microphones in a room and I had panned them to the left and the right and I had sort of unintentionally created what is called a stereo array or using two different microphones, uh, two different mono microphones to create a stereo effect. Um, and so I, like, I discovered stereo for myself totally accidentally. So that's what I, uh, has sort of fascinated me as a producer for all these years is like how can I use those kinds of effects in the course of, of my work and how can I give that same sort of visceral surprising reaction of people being in a room and uh, yeah, and how do I do that in my radio and podcast work? So uh, today we're gonna cover what stereo is. Um, we'll spend a little bit of time with that. It won't, uh, that'll be kind of review for a lot of you. Uh, why you'd wanna use it. We'll talk about some different stereo mic techniques. And then we're gonna focus in particular about um, on the, the mid-side mic technique and talk about what that technique can teach us about how to manipulate sound when we're mixing. And then finally, we'll work towards talking about this microphone, the ambisonic microphone. So, what is stereo? Stereo is the effect that happens when there are differences between the left and right speakers um, in a two-track mix. And I'm just gonna demonstrate that really quickly here. So, uh, Forgive me if this is too basic, but um, right here we've got a mono track. There we go. Okay, so this is your mono microphone. This is probably what you're used to using for most of your interviews. And um, it's mono because it's one microphone going through one cable, going into, in this case, it's an audio interface, and I'm recording to one track. And um, I'm going to show you this plugin, and by the way, at the end of the session, I'll have a link 
to show uh, where you can download a bunch of the plugins that uh, I'm demoing here, and all but one of them are free. So let's use this one. This is called a, a, a goniometer, and the pattern that we're seeing is, is called the, well, you won't see the pattern yet. I'll, I'll get back to that in a minute. But goniometer tells us how stereo-ish uh, the, the signal is. So right now I'm talking to this microphone, and you can see that we've got this line going up and down, and it's a perfect line in the center. Um, and that's an indication that, uh, that the signal is perfectly monaural. Here's another plugin. This one's made by Isotope. It's called the Ozone Imager. And there are a few different ways of visualizing sound here. But um, I'm just going to have these two up for you while I do this demo. OK, so that's mono. And then you can see that if I were to record, it would be one waveform, one track. Conversely, if I were to, this is a stereo mic. Let's turn that one on and this one off. All right, see how different it looks. So if I'm talking in the center right here, you should see something that is like a straight line. It's mono-ish. But if I start moving off to the side, you can see how it's starting to move to the right side. And now I'm starting to move over to the left side. And the pattern is changing, depending on where in the stereo field I am. So this is a really great demonstration of the fact that uh, stereo is all about the differences between left and right. The things that are the same between these two, so inside this microphone, even though it looks like a single microphone, inside it actually is something much more like this, with two different elements pointing in different directions, two different capsules and pointing in different directions. So this is a stereo mic, and the things that are in common between those two capsules are going to be um, in the center. And uh, you notice how also the farther away I am, the, the less mono-y it's getting, the more sort of thick and uh, uh, the, the larger the shape is, whereas if I come in closer, I'm getting something that's a little bit more like a straight line. And that's because as I'm moving away, um, we're getting more bouncy reverberations from the room, and they're hitting the capsules at different angles, and so it's becoming more stereo-y the farther away I am from the mic. So just keep that in mind as we uh, move on with our demo. Uh, so if you are using stereo material in your work right now, you probably use it for uh, one of a couple reasons. One is for um, stereo ambiences. So just to play a little demo right here. This is some sound that I recorded in the airport on my way here. This is in O'Hare. And you can see in the pattern how very different the two sides of the recording are. I'm just going to walk in the room and hear this with you guys. And uh, sum it to mono. Get the effect. Now, this would be more dramatic, a more dramatic difference if we were in a different room. And I'm going to play a few different examples using stereo today. And when I first thought I was going to do this, uh, this session, what I really wanted is for like every one of you to have your own set of headphones so you could like really hear the difference between the mono and stereo. Um, because this room is reverberant, things that are mono are going to feel more stereo, and things that are stereo are going to feel uh, less stereo because of all the, the bouncing back and forth. Um, but if you were to listen in headphones, what you would notice is that the mono version 
relative to the stereo version seems just a lot more noisy. It's not more noisy per se, but it's the, the, because the sounds are being mixed together, it's going to feel like a wash. Whereas when you're listening in headphones to stereo, it's going to feel much more immersive. You're going to have this sort of visceral sense of being there um, in a way that you wouldn't have if you were just listening to mono. Um, the other way that you probably are familiar with stereo in your radio work is through music. So here is an excerpt that I want to play for you guys. And I chose this excerpt um, because it's not in English in particular, uh, also because it's just a really rad song and I love it. But um, it's uh, Rokia Traore, and the song is called Koronoko. And as you're listening to this, think about where the different sonic elements are placed in the sound field. What you would notice if you listen to headphones is that the singer is right in the center of the mix. There are a couple different guitar-like instruments and they're happening. One is panned on this side, the other one's panned on that side, and there's kind of a polyrhythmic uh, dialogue between the two of them. Um, the bass is right in the center, and then there's some backup singers which are panned kind of part way between the speakers. So uh, in, this is a really well-mixed, well-balanced mix because uh, the whole stereo field is being occupied by different characters. Um, and that's sort of the idea that I would like people to think about in their radio work is like, how can you create mixes that are using the entire space and are, are balanced and in, 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 uh, using that space in interesting ways? Why use stereo? Um, Stereo is immersive. It helps show space and movement. And I'm going to play some examples for you guys, and we're going to watch them in the, the Ganyo meter. So we're going to start out with an excerpt from a kind of an older radio piece by uh, Scott Carrier, who is a big influence on me. And let's watch, uh, as, you, as you listen to this piece, also keep watching in the stereo meters. And pay attention to how... Uh, so the, the conceit of this piece is that he's interviewing people throughout his neighborhood, and in this one clip, he's going to someone's house, and they're walking from room to room, um, and he happens to be using a stereo mic, and you can hear sort of how the rooms change as they move from space to space. So take a listen. Uh, why don't you come this way? I'll show you the basement. This is, um, this is kind of a, I don't know, we jokingly call it the ballroom because it's so large, runs the entire length of the house, which is pretty great. Um, the previous owner said his son used to have a band, and this is where they practiced. But someday I'd like to maybe get a pool table or something in here. And then I have lots of closet space. Got a little cedar closet in here. Nice, I don't know, turn this into a sauna or something, that'd be pretty great. Come on this way, I'll show you. We got 
quite a few bedrooms down here. Here's a this one. This is uh, kind of a root cellar. It's got the dirt floor, and I tell my mother that when she retires, this is the room she can have as long as she brings her own rake. We're calling this her room. I really like that moment from when they moved to this big ballroom space, and you can actually see visually like the patterns are much more varied. Um, and then they move into the cedar closet, and it's, it all of a sudden becomes much more focused. Um, so that's another, you know, that's a reason to consider using stereo, is how can it tell you something about the, the room that you're in, and how can it help convey a sense of movement, both a character moving from space to space, but also the, you know, the microphone moving from room to room. Another reason to use stereo is that it gives a contrast between things that are purely monaural and things that are sort of on the outsides uh, that are more stereo, um, which allows you to toggle back and forth between um, foreground and background. So uh, as a demanstration of this, can I play a f an excerpt from my, my dear friend Caitlin Prest at, uh, at the heart? This is from her piece, Movies in Your Head. The other thing to try to pay attention to is how she uses music uh, and pans music from left to right as a way of representing different characters in the, in the story. Um, I think that'll be easier to try to, try to imagine that uh, as we listen to it rather than talking about it after. I'm playing my favorite subway waiting game. My eyes fall on each person waiting here, scanning to see if my heart jumps, to see if there's somebody who will meet my gaze. Somebody I can stand beside and contemplate talking to. There's a girl with amber hair and a pink lacy dress. She's reading, doesn't look up. Clean cut drunk guy. Is he looking at me? Is he, is he? All right, it's me. I look away. So you can see how her, her voice is purely mono. She's doing a, a mono voiceover, but all of the action, all the scenes behind her are uh, really in, in a wide stereo image. Um, and then as characters are walking across the space, the, the girl in the flowery dress, she has one theme, and then the theme of music goes from one side to the next, and then the clean-cut clean cut drunk guy comes from one side, and then it goes to the other side. So uh, that's another thing that stereo does. It creates kind of a stage for us. If you can imagine the left and right speaker being the front of the stage and then volume being sort of front and back, now we have an access, a plane, where characters can exist. It's a stage. And if you think about it, what a stage does is it implies a perspective. It implies that there's a, someone watching the stage, and that's you, the listener. Um, so stereo gives you a point of view, a perspective. This is an example that I think does that very well. This is from Jonathan Mitchell's podcast, The Truth. Um, the episode's called Interruptibles, and in this case, the stage is a car, so, or it's a taxi cab. So there's a couple in a taxi cab, and then they're going to get a surprise guest. So let's take a listen. Oh, Jesus. Hey, don't do that. Well, that's a walking disaster for you. She looks like a mess. How long is this line? What is she doing? Don't do that. No. Obviously, you're not available. She's going to freeze Whoa. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry, can I get in the... No. I, sorry, ma'am, where are you going? Are you in the back seat? Yes, uh, where are you going? 105 in Broadway. I gotta go home. And that's like Babe, a block away. No. Close the door. Why not? No. We, we've got to do this. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. She's walking. Come on. Look, she just... Everything is coming out of her bag. Just go stop Miss. her. Miss? Miss? Come on. Are you talking to me? 
Yes. Yes, come on. Right, come on. Come on. Not uh, a problem. Get over. Not a problem. Yeah. Yes, we're going. Yes, come on. Oh, whoa, oh whoa. be careful. Hey. Oh, hun, get her. You all right? Yes. Babe, get her book. Oh, oh. there you go. Thank you so much. Oh, it's a very nice bag you have. Thank you. It's it's from Paris. Wow. Uh, 105th and Broadway. So then they give this woman a, woman a ride home. Um, so that's fiction, obviously. Uh, but what I like about this example is that uh, Jonathan very clearly had a perspective in mind. He wanted us to feel like we were right in the middle of that cab. Um, he wanted us to feel, he wanted us to, I really love the moment where the woman knocks on the window. You can hear it on one side and you sort of get the, the feeling of her kind of crossing in front of the car. And then the woman in the car is like, oh, we've got to help her. And then opening the door and hearing the woman come in on the side. Um, so it was a very carefully composed image. Stereo helps you compose an image. And so you, it encourages you to think about what, if, if your microphone was a camera, uh, how would you want that image to look? And what this is all getting at is it's, it's providing us a sense of depth. Like if you think about what your eyes do um, in creating three dimensions, uh, your brain in, in interprets what's happening and gives you that sense of depth. And the same thing is happening with your ears. Your brain actually over you know, many thousands of years of evolution has learned how to spatialize, how to get a sense of, of depth. Um, and when you're using mono, it's, it's sort of like you're covering one eye. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a different thing. Um, mono is flat, and that's a different kind of texture than, uh, than stereo, which is wide and spatial. And why this is important to me is that it excites our attention. It wakes us up. This is a line that I've been sort of using in all of my uh, sessions, right? I, I, I think that sound design is really kind of an attention design. It's, it's a way of trying to get your listener to focus on different elements in your story, uh, about making them engaged. And this is a, uh, a way of doing that with the mix itself. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back with the rest of this session in just a moment. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. And we're back. 
Here's the rest of depth perception, techniques for two ears. So now we're going to get into the, some more of the more like uh, demo-y part of the presentation. And um, I just want to do a quick review of, uh, of pickup patterns in phase. Um, so pickup patterns, if you're not already aware, um, there are different areas that the, the mic is sensitive to. So, um, you know, this microphone right here, this is a, you know, your typical kind of vocal interview mic. It's a cardioid, cardio meaning heart. And it has that kind of heart shape, upside down heart. And if you can imagine that flowing from the outside. And then there's a null point, which is the, the handle of the microphone. And that's where it doesn't pick up signal very well. It only picks up signal from the, the top. Um, you can also have omni microphones, which pick up you know, spherical patterns. So these happen to be omni microphones right here. Um, and they're picking up everything, basically. There is no null point. And then lastly, there's something called a figure eight microphone, which is bi-directional. And this particular mic right here can be set up as a figure eight. And what that means is that there's a lobe of pickup pattern right here, and there's a lobe of pickup pattern right here. Um, but there's not, like, uh, you basically, you, the audience, would be in the null point, and I would be in the null point. Um, so remember that figure eight pattern in particular, because we're going to come back to it in a minute. The next thing that I want to review is uh, this idea of phase cancellation. So if you can imagine the very most simple sound, the sine wave, just this very broad wave, um, and then you doubled it, you made the same wave, what's going to happen is that it's going to be twice as large. The two sounds are going to add up. They're like waves building on top of each other. But if you had waves that were out of phase, meaning one is going down and the other goes up, they cancel out. And I just want to demonstrate that really quickly because it's, it's a weird idea in concept, but um, I can prove that it happens. So, um, so this is just a very basic sine wave. Uh, and I happen to have it panned. Sorry. Okay, I'm going to pan it right to the center. Notice, by the way, how the image is changing as I'm panning. Do you see how that one line is moving back and forth? Because it's a mono sound being panned. OK, now what I'm going to do is I'm going to play the same sound, but out of phase. So in Reaper, that's the software that I'm using to demonstrate. But this is true of basically every software. There's a, a function that allows you to invert the wave. So if the wave is going up and then down, instead, you can tell it, um, on this track, make the waves go down and then up. And that's what this little button that I'm pressing here does. So I'm going to mute the first track. And we're just going to listen to the out of phase version. It's going to sound the same. Um, because we can't tell in our ears whether or not it's in or out of phase by just listening to it alone. But if I play both of those tracks together, nothing happens. Uh, and you can see that they both are, there's a signal there, right? And what's happening is those waves are just completely canceling out. But check this out. So if I were to pan one to one side, look what's happening on the meter. That one's coming back. And now this one's coming back. And you can still hear it if it were playing, if I, the audio were continuing to play. You can still hear. So what's happening now is we're listening to both signals. Um, 
panned hard to the left and hard to the right. One is in phase, one is out of phase, and look at the meter. You've got this long line in the center. So this line indicates that the signals are perfectly out of phase. It's like the opposite of mono. It's like, in a way, I don't know if this is technically true, but it's like the most different the waves could possibly be from one another, you know? Okay, why is that important? It's important because uh, if you were to take two signals and mix them down to say an old AM radio or a Bluetooth speaker, your audience isn't gonna be able to hear anything, right? The, the sounds are gonna totally cancel each other out. You're not gonna be using sine waves and perfect sounds in that way in your, in your work, but if you're using stereo microphone techniques, there's a chance that some of your sounds might phase cancel in this way. So if you can imagine two sounds, or a single sound, a sound from that, you know, from, from out there, it's coming across the room and it's hitting these microphones at different times. It might be hitting one when the wave is going up and it might be hitting the other one when the wave is going down. Um, and so if they were out of phase, because it's a more complicated sound than a sine wave, only certain parts of the sound will probably cancel out. Chances are it'll be the bassier qualities and you'll be left with a sort of thinner, thinner version of the sound. Um, but interestingly, that's not a problem for your headphones. When you're in headphones, those sounds never physically mix in the real world because they're going in one ear and then in the other ear. So you can hear things that sound like they are you know, just fine in your headphones, and then um, it, it, it can turn out that they're actually problematic. So that's something that you can watch on the stereo meter is the closer the pattern gets to a horizontal line, the, the more potentially problematic the stereo signal is. Or problematic meaning out of phase. So if you're playing it in speakers where the two waves are gonna sort of mix in the room, or if you're in a situation where you are gonna take the stereo mix and then um, send it to a, a, a single speaker source, that's also a dangerous situation. All right, so we've got pickup patterns and we've got phase, and let's just sort of file that away for the next chapter. All right, let's talk about some stereo microphone techniques. So one of the most straightforward would be the XY, and that's what's happening right here, um, but it's taking two microphones and angling them, in this case, at 90 degrees, and what's happening is they're pointing at different parts of the room, so they're picking up different things. And note how, because the, the tips of the capsules are intersecting, what that means is if a wave is coming into, uh, into this area, it's gonna be arriving at basically the same time. So one of the advantages to this XY arrangement is that there's very little chance of there being phase problems because the sounds, the waves are hitting it at the same time. Um, so this is the Zoom H6, which has um, these modules, different, uh, different types of microphone modules that you can plug into it. This is a stereo shotgun. Um, and on this module, you can actually turn the microphones to make them from 90 degrees, like what we see there, to 120 degrees which would give you a, a wider stereo image because it's pointing at slightly different things. It's almost as if your eyes were kind of supernaturally wide. Um, so this technique, by contrast, an AB style 
this isn't exactly a space dominie, but, um, well, so these are two omnidirectional microphones, and uh, this is the situation that we were talking about earlier. Like, there's the possibility of there being phase cancellation, but there's still good reasons to consider using this. Um, for one, unlike these microphones, because these are omnidirectional, they're, they're picking up everything in the room. And the differences that are existing in this stereo arrangement um, are only because, or mainly because of time, because the sound is hitting the microphones at different times, unlike this. So point being, there are two things that cause variation uh, in a stereo signal. One is the time, like when, when the sound you know, reaches the microphone, and the other is the, the signal, like what the microphones are actually picking up. And that signal is usually, um, the, the signal differences are usually the result of the microphone angle. Does that make sense? And then you can mix these two uh, in various ways. So this is another technique called, um, and I might forgive my French pronunciation because it's terrible, um, but it is called the Office de Radio Diffusion Television Francais. Uh, and it's kind of a hybrid between the two, uh, between an XY and a spaced uh, arrangement. You're actually physically moving the microphones a little bit farther apart. You're also angling them. And importantly, uh, they're also cardioid pickup patterns. So you're not picking up uh, as much from behind. And Part of the idea behind this is like, it's a little bit more like, there's a reason that this, this is almost the width of my head, right? This is, this is sort of like your ears, because your ears are, your, your ears are shaping the direction, um, and they're spaced apart from one another. Um, and uh, so that's, that's part of why, the, that's part of what's behind the idea of, of this technique. Um, so you might be thinking, well, wait a second, what if I just put microphones right in my ears? Well, that's what binaural is. So uh, this is a microphone made by Neumann. It's a cool eight grand. Um, and uh, basically, it's a, a mannequin with uh, microphones in its ears. Very nice microphones in its ears. Very expensive microphones in its ears. Um, but part of the thing is, uh, in real life, because you've got this head in the way of your ears, that, that affects the way that you, you hear. And so this is trying to take into consideration the fact that um, there's sort of a baffle. There's something that's uh, both uh, separating the, the, the two microphones, your ears, and also um, in, interrupting the sound between them. So sound can't get between one side and the next as easily. And there are other companies that make this one, this next one's kind of creepy looking. Uh, this is <laughs> the Kimar uh, uh, binaural microphone. And they've gone a step further. They've also modeled the entire torso because they're concerned that the reflections of your body are gonna actually uh, affect the way that the sound uh, sounds. So I don't have $8,000, um, but I do have this set of headphones that just came out by Sennheiser. And so these are a set, and see, they're all tangled up. They go around your ears, like, 
like so. so. As you can clearly see as I untangle the cable, because they were thrown carelessly in my pocket. But they go around your ears like that, and there's a little microphone right there. Um, and so it is a way of using your own head in this binaural fashion. And the cool thing about it is um, it's, uh, this model is only for your phone, for iOS, but um, it lets you hear what's happening through the microphones too, so you can monitor what you're recording. Um, and the result of, of this, this technique is, is very immersive. Um, it's as if you're, you know, you are right there. Um, there are all sorts of other binaural microphones out there that would plug into, you know, uh, the mic jack of a recorder like this. And actually, come to think of it, the first time that uh, I ever experimented with binaural uh, was I just took a pair of like really cheap earbuds and ran them in reverse as a microphone. And they didn't sound very good, but the effect was still there, the effect of sort of stereo spatialization. Um, so these are not that. These are actual microphones that are designed for that purpose. But uh, um, So those are available as well. And um, just to tell you about it, uh, here's a really great example, particularly if you live in New York. Um, uh, Janet Cardiff is a sound artist. And this piece, Her Long Black Hair, is a sound walk in, uh, in Central Park. Listening to the sound walk, I think, is like a kind of a rite of passage for people, uh, radio producers in New York. Um, but I just want to play a little excerpt of that. What she's doing is she's used uh, binaural microphones and is telling you a story in Central Park and she tells you exactly where to walk and she paces it out and tells you like how, like how far to walk and go from location to location. And then there are also photos that you can download and like hold up photos against the scenes that she's talking about. So it's this very interesting way of using audio technology to tell a story. Get up. Go to the right. Walk past the statue. Try to walk to the sound of my footsteps so that we can stay together. And then go down the stairs, all the way to the bottom. There's a woman below talking on a cell phone. A woman is taking a picture. It's like we drop below the city here, right into nature. So the really cool thing when you do the sound walk is like you hear the real world around you and then you hear this piece in your ears as well. And it's very hard to tell like, was that, was that real? Was that from, the, uh, from her recording? Well, let's talk about midside. So midside is a particular microphone technique, and it's also an array. So by array, I mean using two microphones to do, um, you know, to record stereo. Uh, and it uses both pickup pattern and phase cancellation. And in a minute, I'm going to actually build one of these right in front of you. But let me just talk about it generally first. I could do like a whole session on just this technique alone. Um, so I'm, I'm going to kind of keep it more general here just to sort of uh, introduce the idea. OK, here's how it works. So you have microphones. You have one microphone called the mid microphone. Um, in this case, I'm using a dynamic microphone with the cardioid pattern. And um, normally you would use like two condenser microphones, but this is just what I had on hand, so this is what I'm using. 
and the mid microphone records to channel one. And it's very important for this array that the mid microphone be cardioid, meaning that it's only, it's unidirectional, it's only recording my voice, it's not recording what's behind it. Then there's another microphone that you record on channel two, and it's the side microphone. So this particular microphone lets you change pickup patterns, and I have it set to the figure eight bidirectional pattern. And you orient it so that it's only picking up the sides. Now, I just want to make this distinction that, remember, the, the figure eight pattern picks up sound over here, and it picks up sound over here, but it's still a mono signal. It's not a stereo mic, right? And what we're going to do is record with both of these microphones. Now, if I were to just record, um, actually, just to show you, this is what we're kind of doing here. And remember this idea of adding sound waves together. The, the, the intersecting points, the sort of purple spaces, are going to be louder because those are, um, those are sections that both mics have in common. So let's just build this in Reaper really quickly. Okay, turn these one by one. So, and we're gonna watch what it looks like in our stereo meter. Okay, so this is just the signal from this mid microphone. The screen is cut off, but if we were to imagine this, record this on channel one and this on channel two, it would sound really weird because you'd be getting a lot of sound on one side and not as much sound on the other side. It would have this sort of like tilted, um, I'm seeing some quizzical looks, so maybe I should explain this a little bit better. Uh, we're recording this on channel one and this on channel two, but if I were to listen to it like a normal stereo recording with channel one on the left side, channel two on the right side, it wouldn't be, and, and I, I were talking right in front of here, it would be like you'd hear my voice mostly on the one side, right? That, and so it would sound weird. So uh, what, what we do is use a special technique called a mid-side matrix. And the mid-side matrix is, and this is gonna get complicated at first, and then it's gonna get a lot easier. So let's start off with the complicated way. Uh, mid-side matrix is a way of taking these two signals and in our mixer, setting them up to create a perfect stereo pattern. And what happens is you take channel one, the mid mic, and you pan it right to the center. Then you take the side mic and you split it into two signal paths. You put one side on another channel and you pan it hard left. Then you split it and take the other side and you pan it hard right, but importantly, you reverse the phase. And then you take these three tracks and you mix them together. And because of this principle, what results mathematically is basically a perfect stereo image. So um, let me just show you now in Reaper how that works. So we've got our mid mic already on right here. And let me mute that now. And now we're gonna do one part of our side mic. Okay, so this is the one that's panned to the left. And just to show, this is the one that's panned to the right, but you see that it's out of phase. Let's do both of those left and right sides together. Because they're out of phase, you've got this horizontal line, right? And now let's add our mid mic into the mix. And we've got something that's much more stereo. So theoretically, 
if I'm talking, I should see something I can't see actually. So you're gonna have to just I, you tell me. Is it making more of a straight line, like right up and down? Yeah. Seeing some nods. Okay. And so if I move over here, let's see. Is it coming out from the one side? Yeah. If I'm talking, yep. Yeah. We're getting it a little bit angled to the left. And now I'm talking on the right side, and it should be angled to the right. So this is complicated. Uh, why would you ever do it? <laughs> Good question. Glad you asked. Uh, uh, so this is a stereo shotgun microphone, and it has all of that technology built into it. So um, in this case, the mid microphone is the, the forward-facing shotgun, and then there are side microphones in a figure eight pattern on the inside. Um, so there are all sorts of microphones that are speci specifically made for mid-side, and uh, that allows you to, to do some really cool things in, in post-production. So um, one of the things that it allows you to do is change the relationship between the mid and the side. So if I wanted to, and I'm going to, instead of doing it this way, I'm going to actually just use this microphone to show you. So we spent that whole time setting up a mid-side matrix. And actually, it's much easier if instead of building that ourselves in the software, we just use uh, a plugin that does it all for us. So this is a, a free plugin. Um, and it's called the uh, Voxingo MSED. And it allows us to independently control the, the difference between mid and side. So right now I'm speaking, and it has its own Ganyu meter built in, as you can see. Um, I can decide that I want to mute the sides completely and just, just use the mid. I can decide if I want to just mute the, the mid and, and listen to the sides. So that would be just recording the, the ambience on the left and right. And then I could turn that into its mono track and use that as a separate element in my mix. Or I can change the relationship between the two. Like I can turn the sides down and just make it a little bit stereo. Or I can turn the sides up and turn the mid down and make it a little bit more um, wide. So you might be asking, well, wait a second. If you can take a, a mid-side mic and do all this you know, complicated processing, which is made simple via this plugin, uh, can you do the opposite? Can you take a stereo track and break it down into its mid and side components? And the answer is yes, you can. So let me show you that. Uh, let's go back to our friend Rokia Traore. What I'm doing right here is I'm changing the mode from, with mid side, if you, if you have a mid side signal and you want to turn it stereo, that you have to decode it. If you uh, have a stereo signal and you want to make it into a mid-side signal, then you have to encode it. And then this also has a mode just to listen to the stereo, break it down into its mid and side components, and then let you play with them. So let's go back to this first piece of music that we played at the very beginning. So I can focus more just on the guitars and on the percussion, and I can take her, her vocals out of it. So uh, 
for any of you people who like karaoke, this is a really great way to take your songs from your collection and make karaoke mixes. Um, and the cool thing about that is it opens up all these possibilities for how we want to use uh, stereo in our mixes. So we can, uh, we can make a decision and decide that like, well, in this case, I want a voice that has just a little bit of stereo that's mostly mono, but I, you know, it allows you to fill in all of the sort of spaces in between stereo and in mono. And track by track, you can decide how to build up your mix. You can decide, I want a really wide stereo image in the background, and then I want someone's voice to have like a little bit of stereo. Um, and it gives you the flexibility to make all of these decisions after you've done your recording. Um, you don't have to do it in the field. In the field, you can just focus on pointing your microphone at somebody, and, um, uh, and you can go from there. The other thing is, what if we took a microphone that was not a mid-side microphone? So uh, I'm going to use the one that I started out with again to demo this. And again, this is the same type of microphone, XY, that would be in you know, your portable recorder. And I hear a lot of people say, like, well, you know, sometimes I'm out and I don't have all of my recording gear and I want to interview someone, but I've just got my built-in stereo mics and I, I can't trust that, you know, for an interview. Um, first of all, I personally, and I think engineers would disagree with this, I enjoy interviews that are recorded in stereo because I like that sense of being there. Um, I should uh, give the caveat that working and editing in stereo is a lot more challenging because... Uh, there are two tracks, there are two channels that you have to keep in mind. And let's say you're interviewing someone on the street and a car passes behind you and you want to make an edit right where the car is passing. What your listener is going to hear is like the person talking and their conversation is totally uh, you know, fine. But then the car is like, oh, now it's all the way over there. So it's a challenge, but um, I also think it's something worth playing with. And because we have the ability to use mid-side as a way to decide afterwards whether or not um, we want to use stereo or not, it's a way to feel empowered to start using stereo and, um, and know that you can always go back to mono if you want to. So this is not a mid-side mic, but I have to go back to the right tab here. Uh, but if I put this in inline mode, check, 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 talking right in the center. Um, I can strip out the sides. I can make this a mono mic and make it, you know, it's just the signals that the two have in common. And what, if you think about it, what's happening is it's almost like there's a virtual microphone made up from these two. There's no microphone element pointing straight at my voice, but um, it's finding the commonalities between these two elements and uh, extracting out the things that are different. And similarly, I can do the, the opposite. I can just uh, focus on the sides, and I can shape it however I want. And this idea of shaping, I think, is really where I want to land, is that like, uh, you have the flexibility to really decide how much of this effect you want and how much of it you don't want afterwards. OK, let's pop back to our PowerPoint. See, now it's working fine. Great. Uh, I'm not going to talk about this, but uh, <laughs> you can do the same thing with, uh, with two figure eight microphones, by the way, turn 90 degrees, and that's a, that's a different effect called the Bloomlean uh, pickup pattern, and um, it has a slightly different, more spacious sound. Um, it gives you 
within stereo an almost more surround-like effect. Um, so if you happen to have two figure eight microphones, it's something that you might experiment with, particularly if you're doing music recording. Um, it's a really beautiful way to capture acoustic instruments. Okay, so uh, the main event is ambisonics, and um, that's this microphone right here. And just to show, it's you have a picture there too, but it's four different. It's four different. I can set this up, huh? I'm an engineer, guys. Uh, four different microphone elements pointing in a tetrahedron, so it's covering all possible angles equally with, within four. It's like splitting three-dimensional space with four points. And it is sort of like spiritually similar to mid-side in the sense that uh, you can use software to interpolate between these different microphone elements. And that allows you to record an entire sound field, so like a three-dimensional sphere um, covered by all these microphones. And just to sort of really hammer the point home, it's different than this kind of omnidirectional microphone, which is recording in a sphere but is monaural because it's only recording to one track. I will never be able to extract any extra information from this. But this, I can do similar types of transformations as I could do in mid-side, but now I can do it in any direction. Um, and let me just demo this. So. So we're going to just record a little bit of ambisonic signal right now. OK, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to start out. And we've got this sort of heat map, as you can see, in front of us. So watch what happens as I move around. I'm going to start from the back right here. And I'm going to slowly move around the sound field. And I can go from one side to the next. And I can move out in front. And I can even. Uh, go below the microphone and record some signal, and I can record above the microphone. And it's capturing all of that information. Um, so uh, I'm just going to keep talking here in the front for a minute so we have a little material that we can use later on um, to demonstrate the different types of transformations that are possible when, uh, when we use ambisonic material. So uh, I'm just going to keep talking for a little bit longer, and then uh, you will see in the demonstration why I'm continuing to ramble on like this. <laughs> What's happening right now is there are four signals. So th this is a, a multi-channel surround system. Um, and unlike mid-side, it's using four signals because there are four microphone elements, elements that are all going through this cable into my interface. Um, and, uh, and then my computer is using a plug-in that is designed specifically for this microphone. So this microphone is the Sennheiser Ambio microphone. And it's turning those uh, four signals from each one of the capsules into uh, another format called ambisonic B format. And I won't go into the weeds about what that is, because there are a few different flavors of B, uh, B format. But why it's important is, um, in the same way that we talked about having these figure eight patterns in a mid-side microphone, well now, imagine that same type of setup, but there's a figure eight pattern going from here to here on the X, here to here on the Y, and then here to here with height on the Z. 
And if you were to add all of those signals up together, it's going to create uh, effectively an, an omni microphone because it's all the directions built together. So B format is all of those, all of those axes plus all of the sound pressure information that the mic microphone is capable of recording. Um, and this allows us to do some pretty rad stuff. <coughs> One thing that we can do is we can rotate. So let's play this back to demonstrate the different types of transformations that are possible. So look what's going to happen to this pattern on the heat map right here. What I'm going to do is I'm going to move where I was standing. So from the perspective of the listener, uh, I can rotate the microphone so in post-production. ...that we can use later on um, to demonstrate the different types of transformations that are possible when, uh, when we use ambisonic material. Um, I can also so, make the voice go up or down. So it's like panning, but it's panning in three dimensions. And it's, importantly, done all after the fact. Like, I don't have to... Um, uh, I've already made the recording, but I can change it, and I can shape it, and I can move it in different places. Uh, now, this is all going through, and this is the one plugin that I'm demoing that, uh, that's, that's paid software, and it's kind of expensive, but basically it's like the Swiss army knife of, um, of ambisonic processing. And what it allows me to do is turn, you can see this little icon, I can turn the microphone anywhere within the sound field and point it at different things after the fact. I can go from one side to the next. So I can make myself really off mic, I can focus more on my voice, and I can also pinpoint like different elements within the sound field. You can see how I'm kind of moving this around, and it's like I'm, it's like I'm surgically sampling, like this is where I'm listening to within the sound field. So it gives me a ton of flexibility that way. Um, and then, remember we, we talked about all these different microphone pickup patterns over the course of this presentation. This, in one microphone, allows me to make all of them. So I can change the polar pattern, I can change the angle of the microphones, I can change the distance between the two microphones, and these are all virtual microphones built from this information, but it's using the information within the sound field to create the same effect as if I had had a stereo microphone array uh, or a single point stereo microphone like you know, a shotgun. And in fact, I think there even is a uh, shotgun mode. So I can focus in. I can go from one side to the next. I can move out in front and... It's hard to do on the fly, especially when I'm controlling it this way. But, um, but it allows you to find where you're, you're speaking in the sound field and isolate it. Um, so this can be really cool for music too. Like you could take, you could put this in a room of musicians and uh, decide based on one recording. Like I want to extract the guitar player now, and now I want to extract the violinist over here. And you can kind of, after the fact, make a little mix based on all of this information. And then the other really cool thing is that it lets you uh, make a binaural mix. So it can use the same type of sound cues as as these binaural microphones. It can take all of this information and make you feel like you are being immersed in that space, as if your ears were right there in that mix. Um, and that's what I wanna sort of demonstrate and, and end with, is how I did that 
um, in this Wolverine project. So we're going to um, jump to this demo right here. And I should say, um, my collaborator, Chloe Brasinos, is in the audience. And this project was uh, done basically all between the two of us. And it's, it's honestly the most complicated thing I've ever worked on. Um, but this is a, an example of one of our sessions. And um, just to sh scroll it down for you. That's uh, about 25 minutes. And I'll just give you a quick demo of what the different spaces are. So um, orange is music tracks. The yellow is us taking this ambisonic microphone and then using it to uh, create a mono signal as if we were like there holding a shotgun in front of someone's voice. Uh, the green tracks are all specialized reverbs which synthesize the feeling of being in different spaces. So as we move uh, from scene to scene and room to room, the sound reverberation changes. The blue tracks are all characters, voices, dialogue, um, recorded with a mixture of this microphone and also the actors wore lavalier microphones. The or pink is all sound effects. And I should say, uh, we designed this entire thing in surround sound, so there are different areas where sounds are just in front or sounds are just behind or on the side. Uh, and because it's a podcast, we were only able to create a binaural mix because it ultimately has to go to a stereo file. But we constructed it in a way where, like, if there were uh, like an immersive uh, installation where there were speakers all over the, the, the room, theoretically you could play this and you would hear the sounds coming from you know, three dimensions and including above you. There's one scene in particular where there's someone shouting from the top of a cliff. Uh, and then purple here, these are ambiences. So distinct from sound effects, these are like background, uh, background ambiences. And then some more sound effects just in case we didn't have enough. Uh, so I'm going to play an excerpt for the first couple minutes here, and um, as you're listening, w part of what was exciting about this technology is what it allowed us to do from a storytelling perspective. So the conceit of this series is that uh, there are two federal investigators, and they show up in, at this small seaside town in Alaska, Burns, Alaska, fictional town. Um, and there have been a series of murders, and they are trying to get to the bottom of it, and very quickly they hear this name, Logan, who that's, that's Wolverine. And so uh, they start interviewing people around the town to try to figure out, well, what happened? And from a sound design perspective, what we did was the interviewers or the, the investigators are going to interview people. We're using the ambisonic three-dimensional sound field and putting you right there as if you're experiencing the interview. And as the people they're talking to are telling their stories, there's this focusing that happens where um, we gradually transition from a 3D space into the monaural space. Um, and it's like, you're, it's like someone was there holding that shotgun mic right in front of the subject. And, it's, and then you're going into their storytelling memory. And then in the background, we hear sounds of, sounds of their memory. So the story that they're telling is what is, is now uh, happening in ambisonic space. So it's like this, this transitioning of scenes going from the present tense into the past tense. Um, and we use sound design to help convey that, that sense. So let's just play a little bit of it. Oh, 
How long ago did this happen? Oh, about three weeks ago. And I, look, I know how it sounds. It sounds like I was on the sauce. <laughs> but I swear it's true, and I swear it on the good book. I saw him out there. So I, I've been following this herd of elk for, I don't know, two days, trying to get down one of them. There was this bull I had my eyes on. Rack as wide as the grill on a semi. So I'm, I'm worming way up a ridge, and I'm on glass in the meadow below. The wolves are fading in and out of sight. That's when I saw him. A man. Naked. Not a stitch on him, not even boots. He's crouched low, and he's running with the wolves. Sometimes upright, sometimes all fours, but they're closing in on the herd. So there's one elk that's trailing behind the rest of the herd, and then the wolves, they start to call around it. And this man, he leaps, and, and the cow's leg, it goes limp. Just like that, she drops, boom, down. Now, I don't, I don't trust what I'm seeing. You know, the, the same way <laughs> you don't trust what I'm telling you now. My gut's telling me to run, head home, take a long hot shower, try and wash the crazy out your eyes, but I guess I can't help myself. So, so I, I shoulder my rifle, I'm glassing the walls with my scope. And there's the man. He's huddled up with the pack. He's tearing away at the backstrap with his teeth. Then the sun comes up over the rise, pressure in the valley shifts, and, and suddenly I'm upwind. Just like that, the man's bloody face rises out of the carcass, and he stared right at me. what happened. I humped up that ridge so fast I thought my heart would bust. Can you describe what he looked like? Oh, he was covered in blood, but I recognized him all right. Mutton chops, roadkill haircut, newer town. He, he worked on a boat, I think, but I, I seen him at the bar. Logan. Can you explain what I saw? I can't make sense of it. I can only tell you he's a dangerous man. So this is obviously, you know, like uh, the deep end. But uh, what I want to share today is that, you know, you don't need to go into the deep end. Uh, you can take a recorder like this. You know, this is like one of the cheapest recorders you can get. It's a Zoom H1. Um, it has some handling noise. You need to be aware of it. But it has some really nice built-in stereo mics. And they're arranged in an XY pattern. Um, and you can go and, and, and start experimenting with stereo with very inexpensive equipment. Um, and you can use free plugins to start, uh, you know, manipulating and modifying the stereo field and thinking about like, how do you want to compose your image and how, you know, how do you want to create the sensation of, of being there for your audience? Um, how can you think of new ways of, to use the stereo effect for storytelling purposes? Um, because I think that there's a lot of room for exploration there. Um, 
And it's not, it's, not as, it, it, it's not as complicated as this, but it's, it's not as hard as it seems just to start getting started and to start experimenting. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Third Coast Pocket Conference. You can find a full transcript thanks to Descript by visiting our website or by clicking the link in the show notes. If you haven't already signed up for producer news, go to thirdcoastfestival.org and click on the newsletter button at the bottom of the page. The Third Coast Pocket Conference is produced by me, Isabel Vasquez. The executive director of Third Coast is Johanna Zorn. Third Coast is also Maya Goldberg-Safer, Emily Kennedy, Gwen Maxi, and Rebecca Silverman. We'll be back soon with another session from the 2018 Third Coast Conference, but in the meantime, you can always check out the extensive library of audio stories on our website or download our other podcast, ReSound. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.